Welcome to Untranslated Islam, and this is your brother Ben Yusuf. Here, we dig through the archives of untranslated Arabic texts, and we translate it into English so that we can get benefit to apply to our lives. All right. Uh, we were in the midst of covering some points from a book that has never been translated as far as I know. And I always say as far as I know, I dig before I start. And this is called the Tibyan Fi Adab Hamalat al-Quran or the clarification uh of, of the etiquettes of a person who carries the Quran, and this is from Imam Nawawi, Allah Okay, may Allah have mercy on him. So we had covered points in the way that he made his book. It was point. It was like it was cumulative. You do this point, and then afterwards, this point is important. Afterwards, this point and this point, like this. So we had covered the importance of reciting with tadabbur was the last thing that we did. Reciting with tadabbur or with deep thought and deep contemplation in salah. Okay, we talked about the importance of getting up, the importance of not being from those people who are heedless, the importance of reciting at least 10 ayats. And then we talked about making sure that we're thinking about it. We don't just get up and say, oh, oh, it's five minutes before Fajr. No, you stop, you contemplate, and you say, well, what if I only have 10 ayats or only doing 10 ayats, but I get up an hour ahead of time? Then what's the situation? So now he's going to bring the situation of you can go for a long time with just one ayah and the situations with the Prophet and the Sahabas when this has happened, okay? So this chapter is entitled Fi Isfistihbab Tardid al Ayah Littadabur. Okay. Um the, the, the it is it is uh beloved that you take one ayah and you recite it over and over. This is in your own personal salah, especially in the middle of the night over and over in order to contemplate it, okay? And I'm saying this again, I bring this because some of us only have 10 or 20 ayat. Some of us only have the Fatiha, which is seven, and maybe three or four short surahs. Wal asura ida jadna sallallahu wal fat kulhu wahad and tabbat yada or something like that. Uh, so the whole point is kul kafirun, one of the heaviest ayats, uh, 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 a source in the Quran. Like, like literally is worth a fourth of the Quran. Okay. Kulullah ahead worth a third of the Quran because of what's being talked about in it. So if you just stop and recite the ayat over and over again and contemplate it, you can get great benefit. Now I say to you, before you go in, especially people who don't know Arabic and can't stop on each word and just think about from the structure of the word, what it would mean in the context and the, you know, the impact before you go into it, take a tefsir or an English. And just read over it. Take something that somebody mentioned and maybe in a khutbah about it and just read over it and just fill and connect yourself with the Quran. And I say this is a small thing for you to do because what? The Sahabas, for example, that one Sahaba who got permission from the Prophet to recite the Quran every three days, he said that, and he said, when I got older after the Prophet died, he said, I realized why the Prophet was trying to give me the rooks or give me the, the excuse to not do that. Because it was the way of the Sahabas that once the Prophet told him, okay, go ahead and do that, they didn't stop it. So he kept on doing it every three days until even when he was old. And he said, I realized why he tried to give me the excuse to stop it. He said, because as I got old, it became a little more difficult on me. He said, because what I had to do was 10 Jews a night. So I would have to review those 10 Jews in the day with contemplation or whatever, remembering everything, remembering things right. So when I got up at nighttime, I could do stand up and I could do them in Salat without a problem. So the point is, is, is that 
it's, it should be easy for us to just take some little khutbah or some little piece of tafsir about a few ayat and just think about it, internalize it, so that when you're reciting, you can remember it, okay? Remember the thoughts about those ayat that you're going to recite that night. Go and think about or read about them before. All right, so the point is, is that what the sheikh says is, وَقَدْ قَدَّمْنَا فِي الْفَصْلِ قَبْلَهُ الْحَفْعَ لَتَدَبُّرُ وَبَيَانْ مَوْقِعِهِ وَتَأَثُّرَ السَّلَفِ And the chapter right before that we did, we talked about the importance of having deep contemplation in our salat about the ayahs that we were reciting and the way that this would affect the, the, the salat for the people of the past, how they it would make them feel. Okay? فَرُوَيْنَا عَنْ أَبِي ذَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ تَعَالَى رضي الله رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بآية okay أبو ذر رضي الله عنه said that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stood and recited in salah one ayah حتى أصبح all the way until the time of fajr he was one ayah all the way until the time of fajr and this ayah was إن تعذبهم فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادُكَ The ayat of Allah Jalla on the tongue of Jesus, Yom Qiyamah. On the tongue of Jesus, Yom Qiyamah. And let's just think about each of these ayats. We're going to think about some of the things that he could have been thinking about. Okay? Allah says in the Quran that on Yom Qiyamah, Allah's, he's going to ask Jesus, did you tell these people to worship you? And he's going to say, no, you know everything that I did. I didn't say except you told me to. If I would have done it, then you would know it. You know everything that I, that, that, that I did. And I don't know anything at all except what you tell me of your knowledge. And then he said, I didn't say to them. I, did, ma lakum, ma, 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 I, uh, uh, I didn't command them with anything except to worship you. And when I was over them, I, you know, monitored the situation. But when you took me up with you, then you were the one who knew what they were doing and you are over everything, all watching. And then he says that if you punish them, then they are your slaves. Now, he's just showing the, the lordship, uh, recognizing the lordship and the greatness of Allah. But now the next thing that he could have been thinking about also is the fact that Allah has already informed him that Yom Qiyamah, that some of his companions are going to come to him at the Hawd, which is going to be the big place. It's like a pool of pure water that everyone is going to come and drink from. And once they drink from it, the righteous believers, that they'll, they'll quench their thirst and they'll never be thirsty again. And this is right in the midst of Yom Qiyamah, of the Day of Judgment. And some people are going to come and he's going to be happy to see them coming. And then angels are going to come and stop them and drag them away. And he's going to say, Al-Sahabi, but these are my companions. These are my companions. And then the caller is going to call out to him, but you don't know what they did after you. And then he's going to make the same statement that Jesus made. If you have chosen to punish them, then they are your slaves. There's nothing I can say about that. So just think about, I'm just giving you some ideas of some of the things that the messenger himself could have been thinking about when he was reciting this ayah over and over again and how difficult that's going to be. And he knows it's going to happen, but he doesn't know which sahabas or which of his companions that's going to be. And his heart, the way that he had love for everyone, the way that he cared about the whole ummah and to know that it's going to be people that he can't save once again. 
Like, and the, the fact that Jesus is going to go through the same thing is going to be people we can't save. The whole point is, is that all those things, you're just reciting that ayah. Into just reciting it and you just stop and you can't contemplate over and over. Into just over and over, over and over, over and over. What do you think is going to happen after a period of time? You're not even thinking about your standing. You don't realize you're standing. You're just reciting it over and over again until the only thing that breaks that is you hear another event or something happening to break that concentration that you have. All right. So this was a hadith that from Abu Dhar and it's recorded in Nasa'i and in Ibn Majah. All right. Well, I'm Tamima daddy. عن تميم الداري رضي الله radiyallahu ta'ala an annahu karrara hadhihi al-aya hatta asbah tamim al-dari he recited an ayah over and over again again until he heard the adhan of fajr which is am hasiba alladhina ijtarahu as-sayyi'at an naj'alahum kalladhina amanu wa amilu salihat the ayah says or the verse says or do the people who earn sins when they're doing those sins do they think that we're going to make them or put them on the same level or in the same situation as those people who spend all their time believing and doing righteous deeds and then the law says he says in this life and in the hereafter or in this life and when they die, do they really believe that we're going to have them equal? These are doing wrong. These spend, spend their time running and chasing after their desires. And these people are focused on trying to make closest to Allah. And then Allah says, Whoa, how evil of of a judgment that they make, meaning, no, that's not going to be the case. So Abu Dha, I mean, Tamim Ad-Dadi, he recited this over and over, just thinking about that. And just think about the things you could think about while you're saying that over and over. Because usually you're going to humble yourself and feel, feel as though I'm not going to be grouped with those righteous people because of my difficult, because of my shortcomings, because of my missteps. And so in the midst of it, which is going to be the chat, last chapter I'm going to do, you make forgiveness for that. You ask Allah to not be from those people. And so you recite it. Ask Allah to not forgive, to, to, to not make you from these people. Recite it. Ask Allah, oh Allah, please forgive me. And don't make me from these people. You, forgive me for when, the, when I was from those people. So the whole point is over and over again until Fajr came. All right. Next one. And Ubadata ibn Hamza called. Okay. Ubadah ibn Hamza. He said, I came in to their living quarters of Asmat, which is the sister of Aisha, the daughter of Abu Bakr, okay, and the wife of Zubair, and the daughter and the mother of Abdullah ibn Zubair, a very, very important character in Islam, Asmat bint Abi Bakr, okay? So she was, anha, she was reading, Okay, I'll tell you what the ayat is in a minute. He said, so I heard her reciting it. So I stopped and waited to see, you know, what the situation is. She going to go ahead and finish and I can ask her what I need to ask her, whatever the situation is. And so she 
kept reciting that same ayah and making dua, reciting it, making dua, reciting, making dua. For So after a long period of time of just waiting, didn't her do that over and over again? He said, hajati. I went to the market and I dealt with whatever I needed to deal with in the market. Found it, went, paid for it, then came back. I returned. And she was still reciting the same ayat and making dua. Reciting the same ayat and making dua. All right? And something similar to that happened with Aisha. Okay? Oh, no, no, no. Aisha also narrated this same situation. Okay? Okay? And Ibn Mas'ud, who was one of the top mufassirin and the top explainers of tafsir from the Sahabas, he was in a situation like that and he was reciting. O oh Allah, Rabbi Zidni Ilma, to O oh Allah, increase me in knowledge. O oh Allah, increase me. This is the only ayah in the Quran where Allah tells you, I command you to ask for increase in anything, and it's in knowledge. And considering that he was the top mufassir, uh, explain, explainer of hadith, he asking for an increase, asking for an increase. All right? Because every time you recite, recite the Quran, it ujed, it, uh, uh, it it renews itself. And so you just ask for that increase of understanding and knowledge, okay? I believe he was the same one that I read that he used to make a diff- another dua is that Allahumma zidni imanan wa yaqeenan wa fiqha. Uh, uh, oh Allah, increase me in, in iman and in yaqeen, certainty, and in fiqh or understanding. Wa raddada Sa'id ibn Jubair. And Sa'id ibn Jubair was another Sahaba. He was heard reciting over and over the ayat, which is the last ayat that was ever revealed. The last ayat ever revealed in the Quran, which is in Surah Al-Baqarah, the ayat right before the longest ayat in the Quran, which is the ayat of Ayat Adain, the ayat of uh, the ayat of contracts. The ayat right before that, which is the longest ayat in the Quran, that's the last ayat that was revealed. That was the one he was reciting, which is, and fear or shield yourself on for the day, or prepare yourself for the day when you have to return to Allah. Okay? Uh, shield yourself from the from, from the displeasure of Allah on the day when you have to return to him. And so, it's the last ayat in the Quran. He knows that better than anybody. Okay? And he's reciting it over and over again in deep contemplation. All right? Uh, Subhanallah. This ayah is in is in one of the Hawamim. Okay, I can't remember which one before right now, but it's at the end. The ayah, the page before the last page of one of the of one of the Hamim surahs. Okay, uh, but it's the ayah when Allah is talking about people being dragged and and in the hellfire then being dragged from different places from a place where their skins are going to be burnt and then they're going to be dragged to the place where it's going to be boiling hot water and then going to be dragged back because there's different types of punishment in the hellfire and they're going to be dragged into each one and each one is at the apex of hotness as they said they said that's the, the sumum the hamim the jahim the the all of these different things this the the Steam from the hellfire, the smoke from the hellfire, the water from the hellfire, and the fire itself, and even the coldness is zamharia from the hellfire. All of them are at the apex of hotness. So you know how something can be so freezing that it burns. 
all of these things are in hellfire and they have Meshekli as wedge, as Allah says in Surah to Saud, that is going to be all of them are equal of painful, but it's different styles. And so it's going to be back and forth between us and that. May Allah keep us far away. So I'm saying all this to explain to you the things he could have been thinking about when he's reciting this over and over. All right. This is he said the ayah in Surah Zumar where he says Allah Jalla says they will have over them uh, fire and under them fire, and then he says this is what we uh, strike fear into our slaves with. Oh my slaves, so make sure that you fear me. Uh, so the whole point is he's reciting this over and over and over again. And you can imagine the things he was thinking about. So the point of all of that, of course, is how serious it is to contemplate the ayahs in the Quran. And it's better for you to take your time and say one ayah over and over again. So what we're going to do later on, we're going to go through the ayahs of the Fatiha and give you some things to think about when you recite the Fatiha. When you recite Alhamd, what you think about? Lillah. What you think about? Rabb, what you think about? Al Alameen, what you think about? Okay? Literally, for every ayah in the Fatiha, has something that you can be thinking about that gives you to double. And the thing that made me do all of this, and I'm going to close out with this. How much time are we in? Okay, so I'm going to close out with this. The thing that made me bring all of this to you is the fact that when I was about 20, I was about 23 years old, when I first started studying, and I was uh, started to listen to different Quran tapes back then. We had tapes, and I heard uh, uh, Sheikh Shuraim. You guys know he was the one, one of the imams of the Haram, um, and he started off with the Fatiha and bust out crying right in the middle of the Fatiha. And I remember it so it so distinctly because I remember who hears something in the Fatiha that they would cry about. Like he literally goes in with his strong voice and you know how his voice is and then right and he just start crying and crying. He can't get through it. And literally crying like a baby. And I'm like, why is he crying like that? So my whole point was, is once I started getting deeper into, into studies and I saw all the different books and the points about the Fatiha, I always think about, wow. It's so easy to cry every time you recite the Fatiha. He's probably holding himself back the majority of the time because he know he got all those people there that he's leading the Salat. So my point is, is that it's very easy with deep contemplation to cry over every ayah in the Quran because you're going to find in it love, hope, and fear. We're going to stop right here until next time, until our next sitting. فَمَنِ الَّذِي يَدْعُوهَا يَا <تصفيق>